Hello, everybody, and welcome to Reap the Spoils. Woo! I'm Mark <laughs> Sullivan. I forgot this happens every Halloween. I'm Delilah Lugo. <laughs> I'm I'm Jason Kwasnicki. I'm embarrassed. And Sorry. Tonight... This happened last year. <laughs> and tonight... I, uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, I'll stop. And, t- <laughs> and tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Delilah, what game are we playing? Alien Isolation. Yeah, so uh, Reap the Spoils is a monthly spoiler cast uh, where we play a game and then we talk about the game. We spoil everything about it uh, from the story to just talking about the mechanics, diving deep into a game, talking about pretty much everything that we can fathom being worth talking about. So if you have not played the game... Every crevice. Every every nook, every cranny, um, every... Sevastopol terminal, uh, every vent. Anyway, um, if you haven't played the game, the game in 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 this case is Alien Isolation. Uh, go play it. We don't want to be the ones that ruin it for you, ruin your first experience with it. Like, please please go play the game. Uh, and that being said, also for this game, uh, go watch the original. Yeah, watch the movie first. Go watch nine the nineteen seventy nine brilliant masterpiece of a film alien directed by oh, yeah. uh ridley scott. ridley scott please 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 go watch that and then play the game or play the game and then watch it, it really you should watch the movie and then play the game but like it doesn't really matter yeah uh, especially if you're already familiar with the franchise but anyway okay now that that's a lot of the way are you guys ready for a history lesson yeah go for it all right So, this is a history lesson of Alien Isolation, specifically. I'm not going to go into the history of the movie. Like like I said, we're primarily going into the game. It just helps to have context from the movie. Um, So, Alien Isolation, a Sega-owned studio uh, called Creative Assembly, uh, was approached in 2010. Sega, I believe I read that Sega had acquired the rights for the Alien franchise to make video games for the Alien franchise in 2006. Is that the 2006 or 2008? Um, and Creative Assembly was approached about making an Alien game. And Creative Assembly, it's, this is a really weird game for them because they're well known for making the Total like War strategy. games. Yeah, yeah. The strategy games. Lots of real-time strategy games. Uh, like the isometric viewpoints, uh, the Total War franchise is their bread and butter, and I think they've also they're, they've also um, they're responsible for another popular RTS franchise, if I recall. But Total War is like their big thing. Um, so yeah, they were approached about making an Alien game, and the the creative lead, the the director of the game, Alastair Hope, uh, and I and I believe another one or two other like high up members of that studio you know big alien fans uh especially of the first movie so they had pitched instead of a game uh you know aliens would be the more obvious choice make an action game uh focused on shooting a lot of aliens as of now which they, they had already tried i believe at this point in uh, time not and... it was in development at the time when they had this oh pitch. it hadn't come out Colonial Marines. Colonial Marines wasn't yet? until 2012. Oh, okay. Um, so the game hadn't come out yet, but <laughs> that's a whole that's a 
whole nother story for maybe maybe another time (laughs) no Um, i don't want i don't want to get anywhere (laughs) well let us know if you want us to cover aliens colonial marines (laughs) (laughs) or just please never ask us to do that (laughs) um but yeah, Creative Assembly, instead of instead of the more obvious choice, they had a pitch for a game where instead of engaging, it's more akin to the original Alien, where you avoid the alien. And when they pitched this idea, they had Sega and 20th Century Fox totally behind them on it. Like, backed them up, approved it, greenlit it. They, they had the go-ahead. So they started developing the game uh, in 2010. They, <laughs> I found this interesting. Uh, a, a lot of the information I found uh, came from this article from Kotaku UK. I think it's published now since Kotaku UK shut down. It's now published on Kotaku Australia, uh, a making of uh, Alien Isolation article. Really, really, really interesting stuff. Um, they legitimately had Alien playing on loop on like monitors and TVs and screens all throughout the studio 24 seven for wow. the, the entirety of development. They just, that's dope. Yeah. Like they just constantly had the movie playing. Uh, and even when they were home, like some, some of the developers said like, yeah, I'd go home and I'd watch it a couple times. Wow. <laughs> like they really wanted, in my opinion, much, it was much successful. They really mm-hmm. wanted to capture the feeling of that original movie um, from the aesthetics, the the the, the feel of it, the the retro futuristic um, aesthetic, they really really wanted to nail that as best they could. So they, they did. They had the movie playing just like all the time. <laughs> uh, I also read an anecdote. They used it's I kind it's kind of hard to describe. They used like real world exercises. They essentially said like, what if an alien was let loose in our it, like in this office? What would we do to stop it? Because they're taking this approach of you're not a commando. You don't have weapons that are effective against it. So what would you do to avoid it? And that's how they kind of developed some of the gameplay mechanics to determine how they would avoid it, what they would use, like throwing things and, and, and distraction, other distractions and whatnot things that they could find to uh to to stop that attack uh and i was also interested to read that the acid blood was originally a mechanic the alien when when it is wounded um its blood is acidic highly acidic there's the scene in the original movie that explains why the face huggers were so easy to kill (laughs) (laughs) yeah right um yeah it was originally supposed to be a mechanic in the game uh but it was eventually cut because with the blood like melting floors and walls and whatever it comes in contact with, they couldn't find a way to in- integrate it into gameplay without it becoming a complete disaster. Um, so it was cut from the game. Uh, I also found it interesting. The alien has uh, 70 to 80 different animations, uh, animation sets. And the there are a few scripted moments in the game, but they obviously didn't want to rely entirely on that they they developed really a lot of really complex ai systems to ensure that it was unpredictable um it didn't always do the same thing in between deaths so Mm -hmm. you would constantly be on your toes trying to figure out how to avoid it uh without anything being 
the same necessarily between two between two lives, if you will. Um, so yeah, that that all being said, the game came out uh, October seventh, twenty fourteen. It came out. It was a cross generation title. It came out on PC, but it came out on PS three, PS four, Xbox three hundred and sixty, and Xbox one. I Later, think this was way. one of the first next gen games I had this generation. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think. I didn't get this one until really late, uh, unfortunately. One of, one of my, the, I think the one of the first ones that comes to mind for me was uh, Wolfenstein: New Order. Um, yeah. Same year too. This is my first time playing this game, and I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's I absolutely, incredible. I absolutely adored this game the first time I played it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I finally got around to it in 2017, and yeah, it's. It's like Near Automata, which I didn't play until 2019, and that came out in 2017, and I was kicking myself for not playing it when it came out. See, this was I'm another... always I'm always ahead of the curve, telling <laughs> you guys. This was another this was another example of damn, I really I really should have played this uh, sooner. Yeah, well, what you mentioned in the history that there's 70, 70 to eighty different animations, it shows. Like every death was a surprise. Like yeah. sometimes it would catch me from behind. Sometimes if I won an event, it would pull me out of it. Like. And that's that's what made the game so scary, and we'll get into it with the combat section. But uh, there was no point at this game where I was tired of the alien killing me because of the or different animations. It, or watching it kill other people. Yeah. If you went that route. Yeah. The only thing that bothered me about the alien AI is that it always knew where it wa- where I was, no matter what. It always prowled every everywhere I was, and it pissed me off. Well, maybe yeah. you're just a noob. You never know. <laughs> Dad, that might very well be the case. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's go ahead and jump into the first thing we always like to talk about, which I think is the thing that uh, probably draws most people to listen to an episode of Reap the Spoils. Let's talk about the story. Yeah. Um, especially this story uh, again. Like, go go watch Alien if you haven't, or watch it again if you haven't watched it in a while. But because this is very uh, tied to that to that story. Um. Yeah, let's jump into it. So, do we just do we just want to talk about the ending? Do we want to set it up a little bit? So, I have to say, I mean, in terms of the actual lore, I don't want to say lore, the, the timeline of the series, because this is supposed to take place between Alien and Aliens. Yeah, 15 years um, after Alien. Yes. Um. Uh, if you don't know, very, very, very light spoilers for aliens in the very beginning. She's found, and it turns out she's been floating in space for like a fucking hundred. I don't remember how, exactly how long it is. I think it's somewhere around 70 to 80 years. Yeah, something like that. Um, basically, and her daughter, Amanda, has died in that time. So when you start this game... I think she was actually like... She was still alive, but I think she was just elderly. Was she still alive? I, I, th- I thought she had died. I think she was still alive. I, I could be wrong. There were, like, and this is a whole rabbit hole, and Alien, honestly, as a franchise, is a rabbit hole that you can go down very, very far. So there was, like, a mobile game after Alien Isolation and then a comic book, and she eventually died at age 65. Uh so, yeah, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is real that... Real quick, uh, Aliens, Aliens is 57 years after Alien, just just to throw that out there. Really? I thought it was yeah. much longer than that. I thought that. it was longer too, but that, yeah, 57. Well, either way, it's still kind of 
breaks the movie timeline a bit because, and again, you can kind of excuse this by using the old, the company knew the entire time and they were just trying to hide it. But like, if Amanda goes through all these events, it kind of breaks things a bit because then she would have the knowledge of everything that really happened and how, how would that knowledge be contained? And do you understand what I'm saying? So in, in a way, and at the same time, you know that Amanda is going to make it through these events. So it's almost like reading a book from a first person perspective where generally, you know, the protagonist well, is going to it's, live. It's weird because like we don't really know. I guess we'll just we'll talk about it right now. Like the, the end of the game is. Uh, well, that's what I wanted to get to yeah. is because it, it can it, it could have opened a really cool not alternate timeline, but like a really cool offshoot where what Ripley is told at the beginning of aliens may not have been the actual truth. Mm. The company may have been hiding what really happened to her daughter. See me going into this game after rewatching the alien movies, I assumed Amanda was going to die because there's really no mention of her in the alien series. So, and I know that. Did you watch the uh, special? Did you watch the director's cut or the original? The original. Okay, so yeah, in the director's cut. But even so, in the director's cut, there's a very, there's a very brief mention of her with a photograph. Yes. Yes. And that that's it. That's we don't really know much about the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, Which is, I totally agree. To, but... to their to their credit, like this is why it made it was such a perfect, uh, it was it's such a perfect uh, s- plot for them to handle, uh, because so little is known about Amanda Ripley, so th- it it was it made it pretty easy for them to create a story around her. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like I'm like playing this game, and her goal is to figure out what happened to her mother, Ellen Ripley. And at the whole time I'm playing, I know what happened to her. So at the whole time I'm just like, well, what's going to happen to Amanda? And then when she opened her eyes at the end of the game, and there was like a a, a rescue ship shining on her helmet, yeah. I was just like, what the, what happens now? Like, where did they go anywhere with this? And that's when I found out there was like a mobile game and a comic book to See, proceed, I, but it didn't seem that I, substantial. I didn't even know that. I don't I, know. I, I've, been, I wait, I've been waiting for a sequel for six years. Like. So I don't know that Alien Blackout is a canon is canon or like, I don't know how that game is treated. Um, if it's, if it's treated, if it's treated as a canon sequel to, uh, to isolation or, okay. Okay. It's just the only story of Amanda Ripley that we have at this point. So they could create an alien isolation two or whatever, uh, that, that creates a canon version. Given, I mean, it, most alien fans will probably tell you there's alien aliens, everything after, you know, Joss Whedon with, uh, yeah, it was Joss Whedon who did the third one, I believe. No, before, the, the third, the fourth the, one. Alien three was David Fincher. And then after that, it was and Joss Whedon, right? Philly, Joss Whedon did one of them. This, I, th- I think that was resurrection. Yeah. And, and if you yeah. read the story behind alien three, like David Fincher, it's it's Basically, really interesting because he didn't really have he he didn't really have much creative control over that movie. Basically, they mm. fucked Ellen Ripley from Aliens onward. Aliens is where Ellen Ripley's story, for all intents and purposes, ends. So it would have been cool, Delilah. You're right. It would have been cool to set up a whole new path for this new legitimate character in this universe that could actually be good. 
<laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we. It's the the ending of the game is really it's 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 really ambiguous, and I I don't know again like I'm I'm even trying right now to to see if if uh, Alien Blackout is considered canon, but like I I can't imagine that that, well, that, that game is Alien Isolation isn't considered canon to the movies, but it's what it's, is canon to Alien Isolation is unclear. So it's weird because. Isolation is and isn't the alien extended universe. <laughs> like this is, it like it is and isn't like. It, okay, I've I've read let's, before let's, that. Let's end, this, it. let's end this here because we could jump down a rabbit hole. Well, no, so that's what I mean. This yeah, is actually this... something that I. This is actually something I really wanted to talk about. Like it, it is like they wanted to make a game that fits within what's already been established, which they did. I think they did, and they did a fantastic job. Because now, now we also have prequels in the form of. Fucking uh, <laughs> Prometheus, oh, Prometheus, and then the Alien Covenant, yeah, Alien Covenant, and all that. Yeah, and then and there's the, theories about those sequels too. It's it's a rabbit like, hole. Jesus is an alien, and all yeah. that. <laughs> well, Jesus is the human that uh, the engineers yeah. took on yeah, the, to convince the, the humans uh, not to be barbaric or whatever. Yeah, the, the guy in the derelict <laughs> spacecraft, yeah, was coming to kill humanity and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're 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 getting uh we're 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 getting way off way off. Way so off track so here. the game the game the ends game. with <laughs> Amanda Ripley floating through space, Sevastopol, the giant space port slash mining colony, was they destroyed it, um, and she makes it on to um the Anisadora. Wait, Torrens. Yeah, not Anisadora, the um the Torrens. Yeah. She makes it back onto the Torrens that she came on, but there's an alien inside. She blows both herself and the alien outside the airlock, and she's floating in space, and a light shines on her. Hit credits. There's no after-credits scene, so don't bother waiting like I did. <laughs> well, well, at least at least you waited, because you usually don't. <laughs> you waited. I... You waited on a game that didn't have one. I just like the music. I was listening to it while I was doing other stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Go ahead, Delilah. I would I would love to see like a proper sequel to it because I did like this story yeah. a lot. However, I feel like they fear doing that because of the way it might inaccurately bleed into the alien universe, well, which I, at this point, who cares? Cause yes, exactly. <laughs> there's so I, many other iterations it's, it's, out there it's that... Like, it's like Star Wars. I would I would love to have them just make shit in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy because i don't care about the sequel trilogy just like shit like the mandalorian which i don't love but like it beats what we were getting well, so i'm kind of like with you on that i guess what i i guess what i want to ask do you guys consider or do you guys think this game should be considered canon or not yeah okay i think so okay because you like i said in the beginning you can always just say the company wasn't they weren't lying to Ellen Ripley. They just weren't telling her the entire truth. And we know that the company knew about the alien before they went back to LV426 in the sequel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, like, it, it's it's entirely possible that, uh, like, we, we could look at it two ways. At way one, like, that searchlight was just... I don't know, a comet flashing by. I'm, I'm trying to think of an excuse for that light. She floats away in space and forever and, and dies in space. 
and then that's the story of Amanda Ripley. Or there is there is some ambigu- ambiguity that could lead to a sequel uh, that that could further explain her fate. Uh, I, I I wouldn't render I wouldn't say this renders in any way uh, the beginning of Aliens the director's cut with the bit about Amanda I wouldn't say it renders it retconned in any kind of way it yeah like you could said have been a fake picture right it could have been a fake picture it could have been it could have been another just a lie from the company or not the whole truth from the company I I, I don't I'm not getting hung up on that especially yeah. because we know we know how shady and shitty Wayland Yutani can be. We've seen that in countless films. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I guess, let, let, let's double back a little bit on the story and talk about Wayland yutanis um, involvement with this game. Because the game opened, and oh, let's actually talk about the opening of the game real quick. Hearing that slowed down version of Ellen Ripley's final message, her, her final log mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the end of Alien um with the opening with the opening credits uh i think that was a really chilling it, it's like at the end of the movie it was a really hopeful message right even played with a hope with a with a hopeful track from the from the score um yeah. which happens right before we see her drift off to sleep and the credits start rolling and in this it's like much more foreboding it's a foreboding um chilling way to begin the game is hearing that message while the credits, while the, while the opening credits occur, and we get the title card. Uh, I just really like that dichotomy, and I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, they use they use slight re, not remixes, rearrangements of the original score to great effect. Yeah, not just not just in the point you're talking about, but throughout the game. I love mm-hmm. and I loved that that because if if you can, I don't know, not picture, but if you can. Think up in your mind what I'm talking about, the back and forth between you have those, like you said, those hopeful um, woodwinds, and then it goes to a foreboding brass movement, and yeah. slowly they kind of combine. Yeah. It's kind of that iconic sound of the series, mm-hmm. um, that arrangement, and I love their use of that. Agreed. Um, but yeah, into the big picture, uh, Samuels approaches approaches amanda saying that this this scavenger ship the anisadora found the black box for the nostromo and they're going to retrieve it and she's coming with them and they go into sevastopol and find out that a something was on there killing everyone turns out it's one of the aliens how the hell that get there well (laughs) we find out that yeah they when they found the black box they went to lv426 and we get that really cool sequence playing from the eyes of marlo one of the anisadora's crew right uh, what did you guys think of that sequence um it, it just it was a little it, long in the tooth but it was effective when it needed to be okay yeah no i i just i feel like all everything you just described we saw in the first movie and it made me feel nostalgic, even though I just rewatched it. But I did see that movie a long time ago, and so like just seeing how much the Torrens look like the Nostromo, and then when we went back to the derelict, all of the all of that stuff just made me feel good because <laughs> it was just like the first movie, 
And I love just how well they captured that. Yes, yeah. it was it was more like more like a like nostalgia than anything. Yeah, like seeing the derelict ship in the distance while you're walking there. Right. Yeah. Like that 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 shot is just it. Yeah, has, it does fill you. It with has memories. its strengths, but it also has weaknesses. Because and we'll talk about it, I guess, as we go along. Because it, well, let's let's it, talk about it now. Like one of the weaknesses, I think, with this pl- with this plot and this game, and we'll get to characters later. But this game has a absolutely fantastic. They you can tell they poured their heart and soul into the setting and yeah. recreating the atmosphere, the feel. I should hope music, after watching with, the movie yeah, that many exactly. times every day, yeah. you feel like you are playing in that world. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the things, along with just the gameplay mechanics, that I love the most about this game. Um, the plot itself, it, it's well executed mechanically, um, uh, and it does a good job of of ratcheting up and releasing tension. The problem is, is that while it isn't, and like I just said, the nostalgia it has its strengths in that you feel like you're playing the movie, yeah. but it has weaknesses in that you feel like you're playing the movie. So you know, like where you know it's, it's going to happen, and you know what the next scene sequence is. Yeah, like the minute that you see the Apollo human consultation room, you're like, I know what this message yes. is going to be. Yeah, it's, it's betrayed you. <laughs> that, like that, that is, and yeah, I guess that is something I I did want to bring up. Like, does does this game's plot does it tread too much familiar ground? Like, is it is it too similar to the original Alien? Because like you're you're absolutely right. We we. We we got we went through the sequence on LV four two six, and we the, everything starts going haywire. And when you confront the 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 AI in charge of the station, yeah, it, it's its main goal is to make Picture sure the specimen. Yeah, and 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 that's actually part of the plot that was actually kind of um, a reveal was that Siegson, the original the the original owner of Sevastopol throughout the whole first half of the game you as you're piecing together the past of of the station you find out that it was it was looking for a buyer yeah and about halfway through the game there's the big some reveal broke is, ass motherfuckers yeah <laughs> and and halfway through the game you find out that they had a buyer and that buyer was Wayland Utani mm-hmm. and they and they bought the station 2 days uh i think 2 days after um, the Torrens crew set out to retrieve the Nostromo black box because mm-hmm. they knew that the Anisadora crew had visited LV426 and brought with them an infected person. Yes. So they knew, okay, this is our chance to get the specimen again. Since the, since the Nostromo plan failed, let's, we, can, we can get this now. So yeah. that that was a that was a big reveal that I, I can't remember what my reaction was uh, the first time I played the game. Uh, I, I feel like I was surprised by that. I, th- I feel like that was. I mean, I was and I wasn't. Of you're course. not surprised that Whale and Whale and, yeah. and Utani would do it, but you're surprised that that's how they tied it into yeah. Siegson and the Sevastopol, which yeah. I thought was good. Mm-hmm. I, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um. So yeah, the and, and the Apollo, Apollo um, basically viewed all all the humans on on the station a threat, and that's what made the androids go haywire and start attacking everyone yeah. because they uh, managed to jettison one of the aliens off of the 
off of Sevastopol. The original one, yeah. Yeah, by using by using Ripley as bait. I guess yeah, let's let's talk a bit about the characters. So, I guess we can So here's here's I just want to make another point about that. Uh-huh. Because of how predictable this plot got, I it was so predictable, I knew where they were going to try to pull the like the the rug out from under me. So I knew that um what was it? Was it was Waits the uh, I, I don't even remember which name goes to which one because just we'll get to that Waits in character is the section. Marshal. But yeah, the Marshal yeah. Waits. I knew that he was going to betray me, and I knew mm-hmm. that the synthetic was going to sacrifice himself for me because if you watch the movie, the original movie, the synthetic you know tries to kill Ash, tries to kill Ripley, but we already had the average Joes. The Siegson synthetics as an enemy yeah. turning on the people, so I knew that they were going to try to pull the rug, the rug out from under you, making you think that Samuels was going to turn on you, but it would actually be one of the human characters. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could call that a mile away because it had been so rigid to the original story that they got to switch it up somewhere, and that's pro. And the and they and even that's not that much of a of um um. Uh, a detour because that that's essentially part like it's a I would call it the C story of aliens is that Ellen is distrustful of uh, the synthetic in aliens the entire time. Um, but at the end of the movie, he saves her and she learns to trust him. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also in other uh, movies, a lot of the androids are considered good. Like literally aliens already had uh, an android that helped her pretty much the whole time, but she didn't trust him because of Ash. And and then even the following movies, we saw some good androids and apparently Ash was like a series of androids that was like defective or something that was more likely to hurt humans. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me either that Samuels was, was a homie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, another thing that we uh, that we didn't bring up, um, back going back to the LV four two six session, I guess we can call it. Um, there was that beacon that was sending out a a warning signal, and the Anisadora crew are the ones that shut that beacon off. Uh, as far as the story is concerned, which uh. I, I, it, it ties in. It, it ties in pretty strongly because they got called. Mm-hmm. They got called there by the by the beacon as well. They actually turned it off to make sure no one else got. Obviously, that it was the same one that called the Nostromo there originally. Yeah. In, in the first movie, not, and not that it, that really matters in the end because LV four two six still does get discovered in the end uh, by by a a, a a um terraforming crew as we know in Aliens, but. At least they 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 it, it ties back to Alien in in the sense that they also got Drew there and they wound up turning it off. I felt it was worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Let's. let's... It actually, that actually kind of answers a question like, if the corporation wanted the alien, why didn't they just follow the be- the same beacon? Yeah. Between the move in the time between the movies, so yeah. it, it does kind of actually tie up some lore there. Yeah. Um. Jumping, jumping a little forward, uh, we're we're not quite done with Marlo yet because he tries to he gets freed by 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 Taylor, one of the one of the Torrens crew, uh, who is a lawyer. I think that no, was no, her. She's, she's she's not part of the 
crew. She's she's a lawyer for Waylon Utah. Well, she's part of the Torrens crew in the sense that she was on the Torrens. Oh, okay. That, that, that's, in the that's, beginning, that's, yeah. That's what I'm. That's how I'm re- referring to her as a crew member. Uh, that 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 she's on. Yeah. She came she's, in on the Torrens. She's going to the Sevastopol with you. Yeah, she's yeah, she's mm-hmm. there. She's there to. You think she's there to to represent the company, uh, with obtaining the black box. She's really there, as part of their goal to secure the specimen. Right. And, uh, she winds up trading Marlowe, um, letting him free and giving him a space on the ship. Uh, Marlowe betrays her and 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 tries to blow up, uh. Y- basically do a fusion reactor overload on the Anisadora to blow up Sevastopol and kill the specimen. Um, and it's during that part where Amanda earlier in the game, Amanda finds the, finds the black box and it says that the files were corrupted. She's not able mm-hmm. to get the closure she was seeking. She does get it when she finally confronts Marlowe towards the end um, where he had stored that info on the Anisadora and she hears the final message from her mother. How did you guys feel about that? Um you want to go first? Yeah, um it I th- I thought it was heartfelt like I I mean it's it it was hard because it's Sigourney Weaver's voice which yeah, was dope. That's something and I she do just has know. like a perfect voice for So for it, messages. It, it it was they did bring her in. They, they so this game uh, basically enabled a cast reunion for the original Alien film for the first time since that movie came out. That's oh, cool. so that was also like Ian Holmes as Ash and John Hurt yes. as uh, oh, Dallas. I don't, I don't think John, uh, John Hurt is John Hurt even. Are some of these people even alive anymore? Like I don't think because <laughs> Ian Holmes just died like like a month or two ago. Yeah, he 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 passed away pretty um, recently. No, I I don't. I don't think John Hurt and I don't think Kane had any voice work in the game, but everyone else did. Well, um, Dallas Dallas was in the game, so. No, I, I I'm not talking about Dallas. John Hurt. Yeah, it's John, John John Hurt played Dallas. No, John Hurt played Kane. Oh oh oh! I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah yes. yeah. Um, yeah. John John Hurt and Kane. I don't think made any sort <clears throat> of vocal appearance, or or I don't think they appeared in the or he appeared in the crew expendable. I can't remember, but everyone else in the game, um, or everyone else from the original film, uh, came back and reprised their roles uh, for that DLC and also in those voice recordings for the Nostromo logs. So, and 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 any bit that we hear Ellen Ripley, it is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, was I was awesome. wondering because they were so close. I'm like, there's no way they got everybody. <laughs> that that'd probably be like half the game's budget. <laughs> no, yeah. So what well, you know when we heard the message, first of all, I, it's if you don't pl- watch the Alien movie, you can still enjoy this game. I just want to say that. And if you heard that message, I think it's more heartfelt because you don't actually know what happened to Ellen Ripley. And so in that moment, you would discover it. But for someone that already knows what happened to her, she's just explaining what happened in Alien. And it was the first time that you heard her have like a kind of a a love or affection expressed toward her daughter, which is not something you heard her do except when she was talking about Newt in Aliens. Right. Yeah. The fact that she even has a daughter isn't in the original movie. No, correct. It's not. And uh, she has Jones, the cat. Jones. She has yeah. <laughs> the smartest character Jonesy. in the franchise. <laughs> um, 
I th- I thought it was a little strange that they they had that they had the message, and obviously we hear that message in the in the film, and then immediately at the end of the message she gives a message to her daughter. So that was just a little jarring because we obviously don't yeah we don't hear that in the original film. Um, it, that's ostensibly the end of what she has to say. So yeah. just from that aspect, it was a little weird, but. It still, yeah, it it was it was heartfelt. The character that we've been playing as, that we've been rooting for, got her closure, and uh, then we also got like a cool scripted sequence of her having to run out of the. I wouldn't say scripted sequence, set piece uh, of her yeah. having to run out of the exploding in Isadora, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, I I'll say that. While I appreciate, I, I I liked Sigourney Weaver's performance, and I agree that she she did well. Um, the problem promise the problem I had was just that it didn't really impact me. And this this is something again I keep hinting. We'll get to it with characters. Um, it's the same thing when for the first time you eject that that first alien out, and you're kind of betrayed, and and when Samuel sacrifices himself for you to disarm Apollo. Um, these are some really cool looking moments. And from a writing perspective, mechanically, they're right where they need to be. Yeah. So that the game is well paced. Although I do think length is an issue and I'm sure we'll get to that. Yes, we will. Um, but the actual impact of these moments is kind of lessened because I, care so little and them given very little regarding the characters and you know i'll let mark i'll let mark guide when we get to that unless you want to do that right now i mean we could start talking about the characters i think anything else that has to come out of the plot um you know it'll it'll come out as we as we talk yeah it's really because from from that point it's really just an escalation of you know all right, we get access to this area. Oh no, this thing blows up. Let's go fix it. Oh no, yeah. this thing blows up. Let's go over here. Oh no, alien. Let's eject it. There's a little while without the alien. Now the androids are I feel like, here. I, I feel like it, that's a really it, it, that's a common thing. That's a common. It's an action. Like, it's an action movie trope. You're just escalating. Well, tension. I, w- I would say I would say not even action like an action movie trope, but like it's really common in these hide and seek type horror games. Uh, it. I, I remember when I played Outlast. Outlast was the same fucking way, but yeah. Outlast didn't, in my opinion, and we don't we're, we don't have to go into this with a different game. But like that game did not handle that type of design well because everything felt the same. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah. everything was the same situation there's like a series of three rooms and there's like three different things that you need to do to unblock your path and you have to avoid this person that's patrolling these rooms this like between its level design its map design um, and the things it's not like you have to do three things in order to continue it's like you have to go find this oh it's not where you thought it would be oh well shit now i need to find it and then you can f- have to find like environmental clues um, yeah. and, and and go exploring to figure out what it is you need in order to do to progress all the while you have this extremely dynamic threat that's popping in and out of the map looking for you and it's completely unpredictable Right. This game, like I, I agree. That's like that's like a really common trapping that these that again hide and seek type horror games kind of fall into. But I think this game masks it 
and hides it remarkably well. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not saying this as like a complete criticism because I think it does it does that. First of all, that's something you need to do in almost any form of writing is you need to keep escalating tensions. You need to drive the stakes up to keep your audience interested in what's going on. And this game does it really well. I just feel it does it a little too long. I feel yeah. like this game should have ended about at the point where you discover the nest, like blowing up the reactor and taking yeah. up the nest should have really been the last big thing. Cause once you get to the point where you then from there, where you see that giant reactor surge, but that's the, from there yeah. going back to hallways. And now it's just like, Oh, there's more than one alien. Now it's kind of like, it's <sighs> more annoying than anything else. I agree. Just, 100%. And just walking slowly, even when you get outside into space, well, just I think, I think the problem was, slowly, or, I, I, I think outside. I think the thing is they wanted after after you go to destroy the nest you find out that like aliens start crawling up several dozen of them uh, still alive and 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 now prowling through the station I think they wanted to they wanted to keep that in to up the ante like you're not just dealing with one anymore now it's now it's a lot more they're all over the place yeah. And like, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Like, it, it, the game is too long. The game feels yeah. far too long. It overstays its welcome. I think more most of that there is a little bit after the whole nest debacle that that is just a little too long. You're going between like a bunch of different places. Oh my god, the worst elevators. part. The worst part is when you think you hit the end, and then all of a sudden you look up, and the alien just knocks you down. See, I like that. And... I, I hated that. I, I was like, like that are you fucking kidding me? Because literally <laughs> all that happens is you get back up and you go right back out the way you were going to go anyway. I think so. I think and... if they had what they had done is if they had trimmed if they had trimmed some fat elsewhere, that would have felt a lot better. Yes, yeah, I could you, see that. You think you're right near the end and you get taken. And if and if they had taken um, time that they spent even right before that section where you're going back through some familiar locales that are like darker now and you have that there's that section where there's like two rooms across from each other in a yeah. hallway and neither of the doors let you in there. You have to go all the way around the hallway looping around to get to the one door and then you have to come all the way back to the one room. To, to, to the generator. I yeah, hated that. That section sucked. It's 100%. <laughs> took way too long and it was it just felt like bloat and it was it was annoying because the alien was constantly there was also that scripted bit where it like jumps over some debris um and comes right into the room where you're right there and you have yeah. to you have to spend time avoiding it. it that whole part and I, again they wanted to up the ante make the threat even worse like the the ai is this point is at like uh it's it, it's at like peak levels of just like we're, we're we're patrolling we're going to fucking find you right. and um they wanted to make that feel at as that, stressful at as that possible. point you're, you're talking about the area where there's all this fire everywhere there's like that yes. pool table yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, and there's only that one hallway, right? That that one yeah. long hallway yeah. where you have to wind around. Yeah, that section it just it just it drags, it bloats, and it just if they had maybe cut that, yeah, put the section they... put the section where you go to go out into space and the aliens in the vent above you. They put that a little sooner, and they had given like something after where there's an alien. But because after that section, when you awake in like the mini hive that they started building, the only threats there. Are are the face huggers that come out of yeah. that, that that are out patrolling, or the, the 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 couple eggs that are in that little nest? 
And honest, honestly, honestly, those things started, they started to annoy me more than the actual aliens. Cause by that point you have like a flamethrower Molotovs, the, uh, <laughs> the face huggers though. I, cause I didn't want to waste any fuel or Molotov shit on them. So I was using my guns, but what, you know what's with funny? the analog, with the analog stick, it's so jerky to aim at them. And even if you do like aim directly at them and shoot, sometimes the game yeah, just, glitches I just and automatically hit them with my wrench. I was like, about to say, yeah. I didn't know the first time I played it like three years ago that you could melee them and it was basically a guaranteed kill. Oh, I did, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. Except when you have two of them coming at you, which only happens like once or twice in the game, then you have yeah. to burn them. Um, but yeah, I feel like I agree. If they would have cut out either sections in the beginning of the game before you get to the engineer room where the nests are, or because I really liked going back to the medical pavilion, which was the scariest location yeah. for me, and and having more of a threat. But if it they would have cut like Metroid, that like Metroidvania feel, where yeah. you saw all these panels earlier in the game, where it's like I you need the ion thing, you need the I love yep. I love Metroidvania design like that. Yeah, same. Um, so if they would have cut out a little bit from the beginning or that section that we just talked about, I think it would have felt less dragged out. And also another section to me that that feels or that felt incredibly dragged out was that like midsection after you jettison the alien where your threat is the androids. That mm-hmm. feels like it's it's far too long or far yes. longer than it needs to be. Um, they, they don't give you the proper tools, I feel, to combat because it feels like for a good chunk, especially when the androids get those suits that protect them from electricity. Yeah. Which is just the fucking most frustrating thing, because at that point, the only thing you can do is bolt them. I didn't know that's um, what that was. I thought they were just wearing me too. rain jackets. I, I, used, I kept throwing, <laughs> I kept throwing all like my EMP grenades. From the rain. I threw all my EMP grenades and used all my resources because I had no idea why they weren't stopping. Yeah. And at that point, I was just out of resources, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I mean, you could you you could like use other other guns. The bolt gun. Once you get that, it's like the most effective thing against them because one headshot yeah. and they're down. Yeah, but right before you get that, they take all your goddamn weapons away, and yes. you have like fifty thousand yeah. androids to avoid before yeah. you get to the yeah, Apollo the, room. Yeah, that that and that that's that's like kind of the section that I'm talking about. Because yeah. the Apollo section, where you actually have the bolt gun, and you just made it out of the nest, and all of a sudden all these androids are coming at you, and you're just making a stand with the yeah. bolt gun. Yeah, that's so much fun. And it is. To be fair, a lot of that fun comes from the fantasy of you survived these assholes with nothing. And now you're just wrecking them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a power fantasy yeah, that has to be say. earned. So, like, there is a fine balance where you do have to kind of put some annoying shit in in order to earn that awesome payoff. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but, yeah, just like some of those. Th- there there was some fat that they could have trimmed and it would have yeah. felt sure. like a. I, I think we all agree. Yeah. It Like dropping the game from like. Uh, what a 16 hour game to like a 12 hour game would have done a lot for um the lasting effect that it would leave because that's the thing i love the i love this game and i love <laughs> i i love how perfectly they they captured the aesthetics of of the original film um the feeling through the music mm. uh the the sound effects like uh, i i it, 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 everything it's everything been, opening it's, the it's ducks been like, the air ducts opening yeah, it, the, the, yeah everything about it just like costumes yeah they it, it it's 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 really fantastic and if they had just 
if if it were a shorter game, I I wouldn't be sitting here like, oh yeah, this game is great, but like I wouldn't have that but moment. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't Definitely. have that that extra thing to say like, but it's too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it would otherwise be like a a perfect horror game, uh, set within that universe. Absolutely. They even had those stupid bird drinking toys, which I thought there might have been a trophy related to shooting them, like the Mr. Yeah. Raccoons in Resident Evil, but they were just there, <laughs> yeah, there for the, Easter um, eggs. Yeah. What was it? What was it? The frogs in Snake Eater? Uh, yeah, the, car- the Caratan frogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let, all right. Let's let's uh let's let's jump into some of the characters. We haven't. Let, let's start with Amanda. We we talked about like her connection to aliens, uh, but we haven't really talked about her as a character. Uh, what, what did we think of her? She's a badass, just like her mom. Um, she seems to be the only one with sense. I kind of got annoyed that everyone was relying on her for everything and no one wanted to help. They were just making demands. Uh, but, her, I mean, you know, the thing about this game is you don't really have any connection, like Jason said earlier, to any characters because there's no sense of what the relationship was before even with her own mother which is the goal of the game so because we don't know how their relationship is i can't really say how i feel about her in terms of personality i just know she fucks shit up yeah like and like you put it here and you know our our notes here you know nothing about a man you have a motivation which is good she wants to know what happened to her mother that's a great motivation yeah (laughs) otherwise you know jack shit other than she's an engineer it's funny and and it's like, if the game begins, like, there are, like, three plot points in this game. It's like, the game begins, Samuels is like, you should have closure. And then Samuels dies, and he's like, I wanted Amanda Ripley to have closure. And then <laughs> Amanda Ripley reads the, or listens to the message, and it's like, I have closure. And it's like, <laughs> at no point is there any, like visual change in how her character behaves or any choices the character makes that affect anybody well, to be fair she's just trying to survive and to, to be fair it's hard to do that in this kind of yeah plot. i mean you find that out really close to the end where at that point she's just like all right uh, at this point fuck closure i just need to get the hell out of here yeah and and you know you don't necessarily need like to have a character arc, especially in a story like this like in the original so in Alien, Ellen Ripley did not have a character arc. Mm-hmm. She had a very strong character with a very strong personality. Yeah. Like she's constantly like from the beginning of the movie, she's like, no, we can't bring him on board because of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the movie, she's like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. All right. Now we're taking you out. You know, she gets in the fight with Ash and all that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same here where it's a very plot driven story. Um, the problem is, is that the secondary cast, unlike the original Alien, where the secondary cast was very colorful and added a lot yeah, in various ways. The secondary cast here, I couldn't even, when I was playing the game, I couldn't remember what name correlated to who. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. You know, some, like, ha- like, towards the end of the game, there's this guy, Ricardo, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> when, I legitimately did not know he's, who he's... he was and when he came into... I don't when know who it, he was uh, when, as it relates to Sevastopol. I think he, I think he worked under Marshall Waits. Yeah, I, th- um, I think. 
but yeah, he, he just kind of becomes like your 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 radio guy, where he's he's helping you throughout the station. He's manipulating certain entryways and doors. He's the one that's like locking and opening and locking things behind you as you're as you're See, trying. See, I thought that was Samuel's the, the entire time because no. <laughs> Samuel's had died at that point. Samuel's no, no, no even before he, that when you, when you're trying to trap the alien. Yeah, he hadn't died yet. But like Samuel's, I think was MIA for that time. Yeah, I just didn't. And I think I think the closest they came was Marlo. Marlo was definitely the most interesting of the characters, and he's kind of like a faux villain, even though his motivations are would, like yeah, like, somewhat righteous actually. Yeah, like, yeah. His his wife Foster is is the one that got infected when they went to LV four two six. She's the one that got a face hugger to the face. Um, and he had to kill her, or he didn't have to. Did he he's responsible? No, no, no. He's responsible for. She dies because of the the chest burst. Right, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah like, but he feels he feels responsible for her death because. Yeah, fair enough. He took okay. them to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which that was I I know I know like tying into lore maybe they couldn't have done this because it takes twenty four hours before you give birth to the alien but I feel like they didn't show that and that's like a really cool thing to see like an alien coming out of someone's body it would have been a good thing for the nest sequence yeah if like when you're going down one of the halls it just happens and you have to kill like a baby alien right yeah and then all of a sudden you hear the aliens all around you. Yeah, kind, that would have been like, a really good moment to do that. And now that I think about it, that's basically the initial sequence in, or one of the initial sequences in Aliens, when that literally exact thing happens. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're saving that for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I think Colonial Marines uh, did it in for no, them. No, 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 no. We're, we're we're not talking about Colonial Marines. <laughs> we're, we're not going to pretend. We're not going to dignify that game by acknowledging its existence. Um, <laughs> something I wanted to bring up real quick, uh, just just to get this out of the way, because we're talking about Amanda, and, and we didn't really know, we don't really know much about her relationship with her mother. There's a digital series that IGN published. Uh, was it last year? A couple years ago? I forget. I watched it over the past <laughs> few days. <laughs> Just to just to know, just to see, and, and come to this discussion ready to say whether or not it's worth your time. <sighs> it's not. <laughs> Don't watch it. <laughs> so, like, they add they add in like these little. They, they basically try to make the game into just like a, a small mini series, um, just re- re- retelling the plot of the game. But they add in these like. Taught these voiceovers from Amanda, um, at weird times where she's just like giving some background info, and she like goes a little bit into her relationship with her mother and her and her stepdad, and like talking about her mother. She's like, "Oh, typical mom, always chasing a paycheck." And anything she had to say, I'm like, this either doesn't add anything of value or it just sounds blatantly wrong. Yeah, like, that doesn't sound like Ellen Ripley to me. Like, yeah, right. I'm sure, I'm sure she does want to get paid, but like, I don't know. That's for you, bitch. <laughs> it just, it, it seems, it, it, it was just odd. Also, um, 
since the game is a it's a first person game, you only ever see Amanda in certain cutscenes. But like, yeah. there's several events that play out from that first person perspective, so that they adapted those into like third person perspectives. And it's so weird when they show like an actual cutscene that played in the game, and then they show these scenes that were supposed to be through Amanda's eyes, now with newly replaced models that don't look anything. They don't look anything like they do in the actual cutscenes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Amanda goes from looking like pretty close to like 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 it would be Sigourney Weaver's daughter, like it would be mm-hmm. Ellen Ripley's daughter, to like this smooth faced, just generic woman NPC. Uh. She kind of she kind of looks like um God, what's her name from from like a uh, from Uncharted? Why am I blanking Elena? on her? Yeah, she kind of looks like Elena with black hair. It's weird. <laughs> it, 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 the these these models, they, they it, it just keeps jumping between these actual cutscenes and these and these newly rendered cutscenes with poor fa- with poor models, uh, and the, and the and the lips don't match the vocalization. Uh. Yeah, it's they're they're not lip synced at all. Uh, yeah. it's it's not good. I don't recommend it, but I did watch it to to come here and say whether or not it's worth your Thank time. Thank you. It <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> always, it does, always taking the hit for us. It does give like like I said, it gives like some additional background between some of these character relationships, but nothing worthwhile and nothing that seems like it would actually be accurate. It's mm. it's very, very strange. I'm not really sure why it exists. Um, but it does. But I, I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because you because of the character relationships thing you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um. Honestly, there, from from me, I really don't have anything to say about any of the characters except Marlo, who came close to being interesting because <laughs> it was it was almost like it was it was very similar to Ash in uh, in the movie, who's like it's the perfect being. It is not <laughs> controlled by conscious. It is born, it is bred to kill. And then Marlo is like, it doesn't matter. Once it comes in contact with a human being, everybody's dead. So we got to kill it right here, right now. Speaking of, uh, I, I did like that the, the trophy and achievement lists like made references to um, lots of lines from the from the film. Like, well, I, th- oh, yeah. I, I, for, I forget what... what um, which achievement or trophy this was, but there was one that was just that, that was titled I Admire Its Purity. Right, mm. the perfect organism, and, and you know, th- little references like that. I did like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also, I think it was like chapter twelve in season synthetics. Uh, there's a there's somebody sitting at a desk chair behind a desk, and their head is like tilted upwards, oh, yeah. and they have a magazine shoved in there, and that was oh yeah, that yeah. was a really cool homage uh, to that scene. Um, I didn't notice that the first time I played through the game, but I noticed it this time. Um, yeah, they, 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 they really did. Creative Assembly really did pour a lot of love and heart into mm. making Sevastopol a, a a setting worth being in this franchise. They, they really made sure it fit. Um, and and that it, it shows. Like, yeah, uh, I'm just and, I'm very and, pleased know, with it. It is, it is a game, so storytelling in games, while there's a lot of similarities, depending on what kind of game it is, like a Naughty Dog game tends to be way more cinematic, this is very much a game focused on the game itself. Yeah. And it 
on top of that, the story, like we just said, is very plot driven. The plot, despite the criticisms we had, I feel like even though it's a little long and drags a little bit, maybe is predictable, very well executed nonetheless, constantly driving up the stakes, awesome set pieces, um, and the gameplay, as I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, is fucking amazing for the most part. Yeah, I mean, so for it, sure. even even, in the, even if the cast is somewhat lacking, and even the protagonist is somewhat lacking, the other things make up for it a bit. Especially because if this were a movie or like a book or something, it would fucking suck. But because it's a game and you yeah. are Amanda for all intents and purposes, you know, it it works. Yeah, and I feel like I wonder what the perspective would be of someone who has not watched the movies because I don't know if it would be as predictable if that was the case. Right, right. It's mostly predictable because we saw the movies and it really closely yeah. mirrors it. I, I like I don't even feel like it's that predictable to be honest. I did I didn't feel that it was that predictable, but like if you like I, I could see why someone would. I could see why you did, Jason. Yeah, especially because um, it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. Yeah, like, like I, I, I'm I, fucking at the at the moment. I am in the middle of writing a story that is not inspired, but it, the, the aesthetic of the world of the story is mm-hmm. inspired by it. So, take from that what you will. Oh uh, yeah. Do we wanna do we wanna start talking about game? I think we've covered everything in the story yeah. that we need to cover that we want to cover. And if anything else comes up, we we can double back and talk about it. But do we want to start talking about gameplay? Yes. Go ahead. I, I'll just say I'll just say this is one of the scariest games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um and that is playing a 2014 game in 2020 for the first time. Yeah. And for a game that old to still have this much that much suspense, uh I, I, I was surprised. I I didn't think this was gonna be the scariest games Did I've you ever play played. With headphones on? Of course. Of course. Yeah. I play all my horror games like that. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, though, like the footsteps, like the sound design here and the creaking in the walls, kind of like Resident Evil 2 remake. Like it just it was so perfect in capturing the suspense that the first movie had um, and also just the suspense of a really good, solid horror game. So if you like horror games, even if you don't care for the Alien series, I think you're going to like this game because it's fucking scary. Um, I guess that's the first thing. The second thing is um the enemies were very contained. There's not much variety, but no, it's they kept it to like loyal to the alien series. You don't see the only new enemy I would say is humans, even yeah. though humans were the enemy before, but but in, in a in more a emotional way, way yeah. not not like just people shooting on sight, which makes sense, right? And, and even lot, then you do yeah. have Taylor backstab you and then she gets fucked fucked up by the fusion reactor for it. So yeah. well, she, she I wouldn't say she backstabs you, but she does try to make good on it by helping you at yeah. that point. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, and I like I like how fighting each enemy you needed a different approach. Like you couldn't kill the alien until you got the flamethrower and even then you couldn't kill him. You could just make him no, run away. The, the, the animals you know, are, animals are scared of fire. Exactly. Um, the humans you could like shoot or melee if you get them from behind and the androids were bullet sponges so you could only one shot them with the bolt gun if you fully charged it or you can burn them a few times with your flamethrower which is honestly a waste of that kind of fuel Um, so I I liked I liked that the enemies uh, you had to approach them differently and then the face huggers which you could just whack was 
but they were just like an obstacle really more on, than a like an on enemy. That quick note did you guys feel any so they chose to make the aliens essentially invincible just you could scare them away with the um with the flamethrower especially considering in aliens like waves of them are getting mowed down by the marines did you feel any like ludo narrative dissidence especially at the point where you have like a shotgun and like a bolt gun you know did you feel any ludo narrative dissidence that we we couldn't use those items as well i mean i get it from a from a design perspective you don't want to give so many options just to take out that alien you want to limit your options for each for each I enemy type I think had I been able to use those weapons, it would have felt like an action game instead of a horror game. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, the that's game, what I, mean. I think the game also naturally manages to wean you off of using those weapons anyway, unless uh, uh, unless otherwise just as a last resort, because they make a lot of noise. Noise attracts mm -hmm. the alien, so on and so So, like, even when the alien's in the vicinity, you're not thinking, like, oh, let me just... Let me just pop out my trusty six shooter and start blasting. No, because mm -hmm. you're not really using it all that much unless you absolutely have to, or there's a sequence, there's a part of the game, like after you jettison it into space, where you can actively use stuff like that because there's no alien. Yeah, actively I was gonna, on the I was gonna bring that part up. That was a, and again, going back, not going back to story, but just bring it up real quick. That's a great example of how tensions are heightened at that point. You jettison the alien. And then it relaxes a bit. Yeah. And you can just go ham with your shotgun, yeah. with your pistol. And you have so much ammo at that point. Yeah. The music, too. Sometimes I would go to read a data pad, which actually pissed me off. And then I would hear like this foreboding music pop while I'm reading. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, is the alien right behind me? And or then you, all of a or you hear that big, like, <laughs> Yeah, and you hear like the little rattle that it that it like, <laughs> or, like the I don't even know how to describe it the, the sound that it makes when it's like like it's hissing. Yeah, that yeah. sound you're like, oh fuck, you got to get off the terminal. That's actually that's yeah. actually a dude. That's a voice actor that made that. Oh, I'm, made I'm, I'm sure it is, but like, like the original one from I'm, the movie. I'm like, I, I just like can't accurately describe it well. It's like it's I I had like always hiss. thought they like recorded a snake or something and played around with it, but it's like no, that was just a dude. Like <laughs> he used like a metal singer's. I don't remember. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I. I I don't. I wouldn't say I, uh, it caused ludo narrative dissonance. I, like I said, the the game kind of naturally, yeah, uh, encourages you not to use that weapon. Those, those weapons, uh, un, uh, unless you absolutely have to. So I never really felt like they would be effective against the alien to begin with. Yeah. But if they if if they had gone through with having acid blood be a uh, be a mechanic in the game, um. I mean, yeah, could you imagine how much of a nightmare that would have been? Oh, my God. Right. You you shoot a shotgun blast at the alien, it doesn't die, and acid blood starts flying everywhere, yeah. melting I'm, through the station. I agree. I'm not going to give them shit for it, especially because, like, it would it would have been a design nightmare. Yeah. Um, And that's the first thing that comes to mind, because in the movies, when they start blowing up the, the aliens, the one guy gets face fucked up by the pools of acid and whatnot, but... Yeah, no. I I was just curious as to how you guys felt about that. Yeah, it never it never really also, bothered me. I definitely yeah. thought of, I definitely re recognized it as like a oh, why does acid blood like not do like 
Why is nothing? Ha it's kind of weird that nothing happens when I shoot at this thing and nothing happens. But yeah, I they don't mention it. They don't bring it up. So it kind of yeah. just like it didn't it, it didn't I didn't like want to get on the game's case about it. Like I, I noticed it, but I moved on very quickly. Mm hmm. I wonder if I wonder if the game would have done better without the face huggers. Like I liked seeing them, but I wonder uh, if we didn't have to fight them if it I Yeah. I, think I thought they, they were really, kind of annoying. I thought they upped the especially if you're going for the trophy um or achievement for getting through the entire game without dying. Oh yeah. They are Cause because they one shot you, you if you don't you kill can, them in time. Yeah. Well, there's that, but also like you can kind of cheat the system by when the alien when you know the alien's going to kill you, like you can hear it when it when it like screeches and starts running at you, or even if it grabs you, if you pause the game fast enough and reload your save, you're fine. Yeah. Face huggers kill you so fast that you don't have that you don't have that luxury of reaction time. Wow. Um, yeah. So going for that trophy and and having to deal with them was a pain in the ass. Now, if I had known back then when I went when I went for the platinum like years ago, if I had known that meleeing was like the most effective and also quietest way of dealing with them, it would have been way easier. When I I I played through yeah. on Xbox this time and and uh, getting the achievement was nowhere near as hard as it was uh, or as as I remembered it being because of that reason. Yeah. Even though personally I found them annoying in the moment, uh, looking back at it from a design perspective, I do think it was it was implemented well, especially because no matter how you killed them, their screams alerted air, yeah. aliens in the area to yeah. your presence. They 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 still. I I I I like their inclusion. I understand why it was frustrating, uh, especially because like they're so small. It was frustrating in a good way. I think. There's that one part. I think I think it might be the last section where you encounter them. You're in vents, and like there's like two or three of them in the vents, and the mm -hmm. vents kind of branch multiple ways, so you don't know. So what you don't know where they're, they're coming from. Come from. Right. You just hear their stupid little footsteps yeah, crawling is, towards which you. Is definitely the most stressful bit with them, just because. It's I know, so I know the there. exact stretch that you're talking about. It's right after you get knocked back down. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I had to replay that whole stretch like over and over again because you're basically there are no save points, so you're basically just making it to the auto checkpoints. Yeah, and like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that was another th section that they definitely should have cut. Was that bit with the trains? Yes. Yeah, that was weird. Oh, when I was so I stupid. died from the first train when I walked out, and I was like, "What killed me?" Yeah. And it really pissed me off that I didn't know what killed me. I, I hate when games do that. It was like they were trying to, they were trying to up the ante for the, what was going to be basically the finale of the game by almost turning it into an action movie when that wasn't what the game was. Yeah, I guess I, I in our notes I I forgot a threat. I put aliens, face huggers, humans, and androids. I guess I forgot to add trains. Yeah, so, it, it was so frustrating. And also, what's what what I find amusing is how fast they were going. But anytime you get on one, it seems like it's the slowest fucking thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what train goes that fast yeah. on right. Sebastopol? Where are they? Let me let me ride one, please. Yeah. Um. One thing I wanted to ask is how you guys feel that they didn't have an alien queen. So. If you watch the director's cut of the original movie, it is actually introduced that 
there doesn't need to be a queen for like people to be webbed up in and eggs and more face huggers and all that shit. The queen was obviously the queen was introduced in Aliens, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a lore standpoint, like it didn't really bother me. I know some people were apparently bothered by it that didn't see the director's cut of the original, but it is heavily implied that you don't necessarily need a queen. Um, I, I don't think this game needed a queen just because what purpose would it serve? Yeah, if you can't kill it. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're not going to fight it, like, and, and I don't, I think with how all other aliens in the game are treated. You, why would you fight it? You, your first instinct would be to just run from it. But and, and the queen would be tall enough to like look over any cover, like from a design perspective. Just why? No, I think I think if we if, like if we want to talk about the, like the lack of an inclusion of a queen, let's talk about the hive a little bit. I mean, I thought the hive was ex- like that was terrifying. Yeah, going down into engineering. That was my favorite part of the game. Yeah, Yeah, going down into engineering, and all you see are people stuck to the walls and eggs everywhere. Yeah, that was definitely the coolest. Dealing with like you're dealing with. um, That's the first time you deal with face huggers, um, because because of all the eggs that are laying around, and there's multiple aliens just like walking around there. Yeah, very. That's why. That's why I basically thought that. That's why I basically thought that should have been the climax of the game. The nest, the overcharging the uh, the reactor, and then you got to get out of there. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with that. Like that, yeah. the, trimming some of the stuff, like leave some of the stuff after that. I, I again, still really or like maybe the move it or move some stuff from after back. Yeah, basically re- rejigger it, reassemble it so that it still ends with the hive in the reactor, but some of the stuff that happens after that gets yeah. moved before it. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I, I could see that working. Go ahead. I was just going to say the one part of the gameplay that I really didn't like was the hacking. Only eventually, oh. like at first it was fine, but eventually I was just like, uh, it, it had that Bioshock syndrome uh, where after a while I got tired of it. That's I, I, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the main hacking game where you, with the symbols. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have like a few seconds. But whenever you got those random ones. There were some of them I didn't even understand what I was doing, yeah. but apparently I. It worked. I mean, some yeah. of them weren't even like good mini games. Like the, the 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 regular one with the symbols was the main one, and that one worked well because it's all based on like you have to find the se- the sequence with the stick, and then you have to uh, enter it quickly, which yes was. I, I, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It, it didn't like require a loading screen other than the one that's actually on your hacking device. And it was like pretty quick and painless. You know, you get in 20 seconds later, yeah. you're hacked in. It really, it really wasn't that bad. Some of them were just like, there's numbers scrolling and they're all like a dark green, except one of them that's white. And you got to highlight yeah. that one. That's yeah. like not a game. That's not fun. Um, the You're one just with waiting the, for the right number to come up. Yeah, the yeah. one with the, uh, the the three bars that that, that are sliding across, and you got to stop it right on the right point. I had like Final Fantasy X, like Tetis Overdrive yes. flashbacks, <laughs> trying to stop yes. that fucking thing. And I kept fucking it up, and like they do up the ante because like nothing around you stops. Yeah. So like if right. you hear the alien and you're in the middle of hacking, it's like, oh my god, get me out of here! <laughs> it's like. I, I do like that. It really ups the stress, but 
when you're yeah. when you're getting frustrated at trying to stop a fucking bar on another bar like three times and try to get the timing right and you fucking hear the alien, it just becomes so annoying. You know, I I, I want to bring this up real quick in case I forget it. Because um, I remember being at a terminal at one point and there was a friendly average Joe um, or working Joe, I'm sorry. Friendly average um, Joe. Friendly average Joe. <laughs> I was trying to uh, make friendly, a living. Basically, one of the working Joes that's not trying to kill you um, was just hanging around, but the alien was also in that space and I was at a terminal and I just love the uh, the dialogue between the uh, the working Joes and the alien. They're like, "You are not human. You yeah. should not be here." And it's yeah. like Apollo reporting a newly identified organism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when you killed the androids, they made a funny noise too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the part about the hacking that I did like was when I'm thinking about that one sequence when an android was like coming out of a chamber. And you had to hack in time and like circle around before it started attacking you. That's that's mm-hmm. those puzzles were like really suspenseful, but it, it just happened too much. Like yeah. too many doors to unlock and things to solve. <laughs> and yeah. they and they were kind of redundant, I guess. I think what was all what was equally annoying was uh with the blowtorch. If you're cutting off like a, it's mostly the uh, big the big metal doors that lead yes. to vents as opposed to like the small ones that lead to levers the big ones if you don't like arc your stick correctly in the corner like you get caught up on that and you kind of figure out like what direction do they want me to push the stick in right now to make this thing go i get get the push for immersion but like especially if you've just watched the alien jump back up into the vents and it's like all right now's my chance like they (laughs) with stuff like that when you're cutting open the doors they should have just like all right, we're freezing the alien while this is happening. Uh, at least if it's off screen. If it's already on screen when you start, it, it, yeah. it's different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, I never felt it was too it was too hard to deal with in, in situations like that. But it was, it could get really annoying when it's like... It happened from time to time. It yeah. didn't happen too often, but... Yeah. Um, how about... Hiding from the alien, like you got lots of options, lockers, you can hide under desks and stuff. Did we feel like this was well done? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think you even had like lean mechanics and stuff to to lean and... Yeah, you did. What am I talking about? You had a motion tracker, but the tracker also attracted um, the alien to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did we feel about these... The hiding was great. I mean, uh, Outlast also did this well, and it it created suspense and horror. But the only thing that bothered me specifically about the alien is that it always knew where you were. Like, I feel like the AI was programmed to always know where you were. It is to an extent programmed to know what generic area you're in. Yeah. So, like, there was one time where I turned around a bit too fast for the game, and I saw the alien, like, the model of the alien like being thrown it was a glitch it was being yeah. thrown up from the floor to the ceiling without going like through vents it just like the alien wasn't moving it was just a frozen <laughs> alien floating <laughs> through the floor it looked like an N64 game glitching out <laughs> but um but like yes it, they do teleport it around to your general area yeah um but once yeah. you exit certain areas that stops it only picks back up where the game wants it to yeah but over overall, I thought the stealth was very good. I 
I love the ability to like you could throw a sound thing by a group of humans walking by and then like yeah watch them get ripped apart as you just sneak yeah, on I by guess like that's another thing to bring up is this game because every game this gen needed it this game has a crafting system um oh yeah because you, you spend a large portion of the game rummaging through cabinets and boxes and shit grabbing whatever junk you can find so that you can put together some sort of noisemaker. I gotta be honest with you. It took me a hot minute to figure out how to craft in that game. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that you had to press left and right in addition to up and down in order to put the crafting yeah. item in the slot. Mm -hmm. So for a while, I just thought I didn't have the materials, but I was like... Then, then when I finally understood the mapping of the crafting system... Then it was fine, but then I hated that I had to every time I craft something go back into the menu to then craft yeah. it again. But that's just it's an older game, so. Well, the other thing it does, and I, I was so mad I didn't realize it until later, is uh, when you dedicate resources to items, yeah. it's basically a uh, not a cheat, like a it's not even it's a like glitch, extra it's just storage. Taking... Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you max yeah. out a specific resource, like okay. Uh, I need a noisemaker so I can put something in, in towards making that, and I can put something towards making a pipe bomb and like this and that. It is like a it is like a nice way to allocate resources that you're full on so that you can grab more. Uh, and I I will give the game this as a, as much shit as I give crafting systems in games nowadays because I'm just so sick of crafting. Uh, this game does make an effort to make it actually engaging. In that, in order to craft something, you do have to go into the blueprint and then allocate the resources there to the places. And once you have everything allocated that's necessary, you can build the thing. As opposed yeah. to just like, oh, I have enough shit to build a Molotov. Press and hold X. Okay, it's built. Oh, I can build another. Press and hold X. Okay, it's, it's much more engaging. And it also kind of does add to that stress that, that stress level. Yeah. Of yeah. I'm in the middle of the situation. Man, a noisemaker would be really helpful, but nothing stops. I have to go in and allocate this shit and build it. You really have to quickly. be hidden. Like you have to go into a locker under a desk and yeah, do it. It makes you. It makes you feel like 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 in the middle of this stressful situation, you are actually scrambling to put this thing yeah. together. That will ultimately help you. But it's like if you were in that situation yourself, you'd be like you know shaking trying to get it done. Um. It's not just a, a hold of a button and it's done. It's yeah. also one of the few things, um, you know, and throwing character into this real quick, like we were talking, there's not much in the way of story character, like personality wise, but like in terms of from a gameplay perspective, it's a good way of using the gameplay itself and the medium to give Amanda some character because she is an engineer. Like, unlike a lot of games that have crafting these days, it makes fucking sense that she would be yeah. able to craft. Yes. She's an engineer. She reads this shit. Like, she, it makes sense that she'd be able to open all this stuff with blowtorches and wrenches and shit. Like, so it does give, you know, that bit of character to her through the actual gameplay itself. Yeah. So I did, I did really, I, I liked that and I enjoyed the crafting again for the reasons you stated, Mark. Yeah. All right, and I think we 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 are, I think we've covered the gameplay for the for the most part. You know, we, we and we we like I like the stealth. I think the stealth was well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. I guess let's talk about just the last few topics that we have. Uh, we didn't we haven't talked much about the collectibles. Um, uh. 
which I, I now I want to start uh, instituting a new uh, segment into the show. <laughs> and that's called the, the Jason test. Uh, and th- this test to, to give to give you an introduction is uh, if there's collectibles in a, in a video game, uh, typically collectibles, you know, that'll give you some sort of additional information, something you can read, maybe get some lore information, story information, environmental storytelling, what have you. Um, this test is to see if Jason actually goes out of his way to collect and or read these collectibles. So, Jason, does this game pass the Jason test? So, for those of you who don't know, my general feeling on a lot of games that use archive materials, um, the kind of collectibles that Mark's talking about that include important information not just lore but in many instances plot information my stance on it is if you can't tell the story in the game and you expect me to go out of my way to find extra stuff to understand your story then you have failed as a storyteller i found that this is the first game i've played that has this sort of material that caused me to have a more nuanced look at it So, for example, um, if you, and shameless plug, if you go back to our episode on Bioshock Infinite, I found myself towards the end of us talking about the story, I had almost like, I had a very, very loose understanding about what had just happened at the end of the plot. Uh, I won't go into the actual plot itself, but like Mark, because he had gone through and, and read all the, or listened to all the logs that you can collect, had all this interesting lore at his fingertips that fully explained what exactly happened in Bioshock Infinite. I will say there was also some wiki reading there. (laughs) It wasn't all just from the game, but... So that is just, in my opinion, objectively bad storytelling. And especially because you have to go out of your way to collect this stuff. So, like, it's it's almost like trophy hunters who, who do that sort of thing will have a leg up on story content. Two of them on this show. Yeah, two of them on this show. But, uh, (laughs) What I really liked about this game was that the collectibles, particularly the story, the collectibles with story elements, um, are tied to actual gameplay. So throughout the game, you will be interacting with various terminals. You'll use them to activate certain technologies aboard the Sevastopol and the other crafts that you're on. Mm -hmm. You'll use them to get information like codes and shit to open doors. You use them to open doors. You'll use them to activate camera systems, manipulate, all sorts of stuff. And then to the side, you'll see, you know, archived um, readings. Usually next to them on a desk, you'll see you can play some kind of tape recorder and you'll you'll be able to listen to something. And because it's there, like, as you're doing whatever with the gameplay, like, I felt more inclined to read it because it was, like, it was placed right there as I'm playing. It's brief. They're very brief in length. And a lot of it isn't necessarily tied straight on to the plot. Like you don't, you don't need to touch really any of it to understand the plot as it's presented to you. Cause the plot, as we discussed before is very straightforward. Um, a lot of it just adds to the atmosphere and the world yeah. around. You. Yeah. Like it's, it's very much like, um, God, I forgot the last the name. of us. Yes. Yes. You knew exactly where I was going. The guy mm-hmm. on the beach in the last of us. Um, you have that reporter who came to 
try to find out if there was any trouble and herself becomes a victim. You have, you know, various employees, various businesses as they shut down, as the Sevastopol is closing, you get an insight into the owners and the guys who are running for running the Sevastopol for Siegson. And you get clues that they found a seller relatively early on. And like, as Mark noted before that evolves into Waylon Yutani. So it's actually hinted at and foreshadowed very early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you don't need that to understand the story. Yeah. It just, right. it just happens. Um, and, if you have that stuff, it really just accentuates it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was necessarily like a must do, but it definitely added to the experience. So did this game pass the Jason test? See, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the premise of the question past the test. <laughs> Cause like, I guess the if, if it if got you're, if it got if you're you framing in, if it got it, you to seek things out and read them, I didn't see, I didn't actively seek anything but out. But you that read things, like if, but if, I read yeah I read I read all the stuff whenever like, I came across all, all a terminal. Considered yeah. like you could go to a terminal that you need to go to in order to open a door and just and then not leave. read the things. You could just go yeah, straight yeah, yeah. to open the door. But if you sat there and you read the things, I consider that a win. Yeah. Or if yeah. there's a terminal that you didn't have to go to, but if did you go to did you see a terminal on the path you were headed and stop no, at no, it? No, no, no. I, I stopped at everyone, yeah. Yeah. So part of that was also because as I noticed that in the beginning of the game, I started specifically um going to the term or making sure I saw I went to every terminal I saw. Mm-hmm. Um but I would say if if that's, you know, the the bar yes it passed the test okay um and i thought that i thought that it actually did it in a way that did not hurt the game and if anything helped it yeah Uh, so it 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 shows a way that games can actually use this stuff in in um to accentuate a story but not hurt it Okay. Yeah, I agree with everything Jason said about the collectibles. The only thing that turned me off to reading them is the fact that most of the time an alien or an android was probably going to kill yeah. me if I and did the, it. And the way you could get around that is just like scroll through them real quick to add them to your to your menu. And yes. then you could pause the game and read them in your menu. They're oh, all, they're see, all I there. I didn't know that. You could do that <laughs> instead. I, but I see I like I didn't really want to do it, do it that way because I like the whole idea of okay, I'm gonna read this stuff, but I better read it quickly, or else the alien's yeah. gonna come and fucking get me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I when it comes to games like this, I like the added stress of it. Um, yeah. That being said, there were still moments where I I did just go through everything really quickly to pause and then read them. Um, but okay. Uh, the Nostromo logs I think were really cool, but. You probably didn't hear most of those, Jason. The tapes that you play? The the yeah, there's ten No, there's... I played I played those. But like how many did you get? Oh, I don't know exactly how many. That's... I know I I know I got one that was like a I got a couple that was like a Russian lady. I got one that was no, no, like no. the reporter talk- that I'm, was done. I'm talking about like the, the, the oh, 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 I'm logs, sorry. like from yeah, the Nostromo yeah. crew. So I got I got like three or four that was okay. Dallas and he's complaining about getting uh, Ash, the new science officer. Yeah. I got one or two that was Ash. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know exactly how many. I think I got at least like five or six. Because mm-hmm. the thing about those that they're very um, bottom heavy, I guess. You don't have the things that you need in order to access most, the vast majority of them until the very end of the game. And most of them require backtracking yeah. to other er- to like past areas in order to find them. Yeah. And I wasn't crazy about that because you're hiding like probably your coolest collectible um like i i understand you want to reward people for exploring and going back and stuff but like i feel like they, there should have been a better balance because that, that, at that point at that point there's also multiple aliens in those prior yeah. areas right and going, yeah and going back to those areas is, is all the more threatening um yeah i wish they would have the collectible I, I wish they would have done it like they did with Resident Evil 2, where at, like once you loop back to the police station, there's no threat of the tyrant, and you can kind of just explore and pick things up that you missed. I wish I wish they gave an opportunity for that, or maybe they did, and I just wasn't good enough to detect it. <laughs> I, I can't recall <laughs> if there was like a better free period. I still think like the best time to go back is like after you. Um after you attack the hive and they all come like go loose throughout the station. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best and only time when you have everything you need. Yeah. Uh, to, to do that kind of exploration. But yeah, like the Nostroma logs, I also feel like they didn't add a whole lot. It was really cool to have that original cast uh, reprise their roles and give like additional yeah. recordings and performances for those characters. It was, it was mostly, if I remember it was all like before they took off, right? Yeah, it was either before they took off or right after they took off before they went into hypersleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, just some recordings from Dallas, Ash, Parker, Brett, and um, Lambert. And the yes, Lambert yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I only had da- <laughs> Dallas and Ash, so the, I, I didn't. The have Lambert any ones were really funny because she she just came off like so bitchy well she was a bitch in the movie like every every time every time she goes to finish off her recording she's like lambert out she just seems like so like catty (laughs) and like like she's annoyed at everything that's going on uh even before shit hits the fan uh it was just kind of funny hers hers seemed the most um i mean odd out of all of them Ripley, and I say this, Ripley is one of my favorite characters of all time. Ripley was a bitch in the original, in both of the movies as well, but, like, she was a bitch for a reason. Like, she was being stern. She's like, no, we got... Well, everyone else was dumb. That's why. I would have been a bitch, too. I wouldn't say say she was a... I wouldn't say she was a bitch, because, yeah, there was was purpose. Yes, there was purpose behind that sternness. I'm being hyperbolic, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she should have been more of a bitch in that situation, because... (laughs) They literally from that point that they didn't listen to her, everything went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She should have just punched them all in the face. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what I wanted to say about the stromologs. The other big collectible you can get are uh ID tags, which were lame. Yeah. yeah. There were like fifty there. There were like fifty of them and like some just of them like, this this dead body was this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like some of some of them did tell an interesting story. Um, but most of them didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Like the vast majority of them didn't really tell anything. It was just like, here's a tag. It's something to collect. You get it at this many. Okay. You get a trophy. 
that's that's it. That's the only purpose they really I really felt that they served. Um, you did bring up you did remind me of something that I I I wanted to include, Jason, along like with like going to terminals to activate things and and hacking as Delilah brought up. There's those little terminals on the walls that you can use to allocate power. Uh. And I felt like those were a huge missed opportunity. Yes. They could have been puzzles, but like I almost not never even, not them. even like well, I mean like I guess I guess puzzles in the sense of they could have been like something that really aided you in like distracting the alien or or redirecting it elsewhere yeah or like yeah. even even redirecting like a human threat like in it like say in a room over there's like a bunch of scavengers that are like ready to kill you on site and you can like do something on one of those terminals that like I, I don't know sets off the fire alarm in another room and they all go to check that out clearing your path but like all you really get are like air purification and which does fucking like, yeah. nothing. The cameras, like, yeah, there's cameras that some sometimes there's like security cameras that are on that you got to turn off. But like, it would be so cool if there if there were other things, other distractions you could turn on if you Kinda allocate like, power um, the right way. That one section I mentioned it earlier. The first section where you see the androids in um in the anti-electric suits. Yeah, yeah. However, when you first activate the the um reactor that you're in um the first time you activate it it like there's lightning shooting everywhere and if any android that's in that room will be killed by the environment regardless of whether they're wearing a suit or not so it's kind of like an environmental way to take them out even though at that point you haven't really figured out that they're immune to your emps and whatnot yet um Mm. so like it would have been like a similar thing that like a way to defend yourself using the environment. Yeah, yeah, the only time that the game did that was when you were able to activate the the fire that comes through the door when you had the androids yes. lined up. The that last was, stand where you yeah. go into that room and they got all the supplies and then the It's like if you room. Yeah, if you didn't activate the fire, they would have came to you and killed you. But if you activated it, they would come to you on fire and thus weaker. Yeah. I feel like if the those terminals would have done like a little more environmental stuff like fire or electricity, it would have been cooler. There, uh, yeah. The air purification was only useful really for me to stealth around, but then I couldn't see. So it was like, okay, maybe not worth and it. I don't even know <laughs> that it really did much in that regard, you know, like. Yeah, I just I feel like the, those those could have been uh, a game changer. Frankly, they they could have added so much to how you how you get through some of those areas, and they just felt like such a huge wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I totally forgot about those until you mentioned like the term like going to terminals and and activating shit there. Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm glad I remembered that. Uh one one more thing, I guess, before we get to the final question. Um, d- did anyone do any of the DLC? I didn't. I don't think so. Yeah. D- Jason, did you? There was DLC. <laughs> okay. W- was it the survivor thing? So there's like the, there's the survival maps and stuff, but they did basically recreate the Nostromo and allow you to play as. Um, there's a there's Ellen. a mission where you can play as Dallas trying to lock the alien in the in the air vents. <laughs> uh, I hope they didn't do the. Uh, 
as much as I love the original movie, that one scene still makes me laugh. Oh, where he turns and the yeah, and it's, like, yeah. it's like ah! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's something to bring up, I guess. It is kind of funny going from the original Alien, where it is a a guy in a in a in a suit, and it's kind of restricted to that fact, and then to this game where it's like an actual alien. I mean, for for anybody who hasn't seen it, that that's just one scene because they're constricted within like a vent. Yeah, but all the yeah. other scenes, you have stunt guys on like wires doing really creepy shit, like yeah. It is. It was great for its time. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Uh. Yeah. There, there's a mission where you play as Dallas trying to uh, during the part where he's going through the vents trying to trap the alien, and the, the other one is yeah, uh, Ripley trying to escape the Nostromo. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I. I. I played. I think the Dallas mission years ago, and I, I don't think I ever got around to doing the the Ripley mission. I was just curious if anyone if anyone tried out the DLC. Mm-mm. And there I are, didn't even know there was DLC. Yeah. So. It's it's called yeah. it's called Crew Expendable. Okay. Um, and I, there's there is another one. Uh, that that or there there are those like survival maps where you have to like do the objectives as quickly as possible while not dying and shit. Mm. Like that. But sounds annoying. I uh, the most I did of that was to grind deaths. <laughs> for I feel like achievement. What, what probably oh, happened. God. Because I, I believe I got this game around the time it launched. What probably happened was I, I uh, going into the holiday season, I, I got caught up in some big release. I think that year it was Dragon Age Inquisition or it, something. It might have been. It might have been Destiny. Or Destiny, yeah. yeah. That I, was I, I, Destiny did come out like right before Alien Isolation did. So it's probably why I didn't play it. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Um. Okay. Did did anyone else? Well, I, yeah, I just wow. want to say the the game that I can compare this to the most is Bioshock, and I mean that in a good way. And I feel like this was like if Bioshock went to space, the Sevastopol, and like seeing like the arcades and the restaurants, and that there was like this like hub area that people went to. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, t- I at first I was skeptical, but now I get it. Yeah, I, and it kind of makes me want a Bioshock game in space now. I mean, I think, <laughs> to not go too off topic, I think if, if when we do see the next Bioshock game, I, where else could they go? Yeah, they've, they've been underwater, water, they've, they've been, been in, in the sky. sky. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see, especially because given, given the kinds of aesthetics that Bioshock tends toward, you would probably see um, a very like Flash Gordon-y, 1970 not 1970s um um if you're familiar with like the old science fiction pulps like john carter and whatnot you would probably see that kind of style of uh aesthetic um to the game which would be interesting because it's not something we really see anymore the last time we saw it was probably the the uh reboot the 1980s reboot of flash gordon with the Mm -hmm. awesome queen soundtrack Mm -hmm. so yeah um any anything else? No. You guys want to bring up before I uh, wrap us up? Um, I, I will bring up uh, for all you fellow alien fans out there that Delilah huh? has some words <laughs> about oh, aliens. Man. Don't, don't put her on the spot like this. Come on. Right, I mean, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll say what I have to say. Delilah um, has a very unpopular opinion to share. 
I mean, I feel like if you want to get into the Alien series, you really only need to watch the first one. <laughs> but um, because the second one, Aliens and Alien, especially Alien 3. Alien 3 is shit trash. Oh, no, yeah. It's, the rest of the entire series is shit trash. Hey, Alien hey, 2 is only I, good up until the end. I I've, I like Prometheus. Prometheus? Liked, no, I okay. This is, anything done by Ridley Scott, Scott. is good. <clears throat> and so that's Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and Alien. Aliens, but you're really going to talk shit on aliens like this. Aliens Man. was shit until the very end. Uh, don't, I, don't, hard disagree. Mark, all right. So leaving aside, you, that's a hot take, and that you're allowed a, to your hot take. That is liquid hot. Um, and hot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a hot take. But uh, Mark, I will say with Prometheus, I was so excited for that movie. I think my expectations maybe were set a little too high. But um, well, I do agree that there's some really cool ideas in the movie and some really cool scenes. And What's really funny is when I saw Prometheus, I knew nothing about the Alien franchise at the time. I saw it in th- I saw Prometheus in theaters in 2012. So did I, came yeah. Out. But I knew nothing about Alien, and I didn't – I don't even think I knew that it was part of the franchise. <laughs> really? I think I just well, went and saw Prometheus and just like – took it as it was i had no idea that it had any sort of uh part of this franchise and then like a a couple years later i watched alien was like and and got more into it and realized like oh that's what prometheus was okay (laughs) yeah because prometheus gets very like philosophical yeah i mean i feel like all the religion and shit the name of the movie is prometheus yeah exactly yeah but but anyway very on the nose um, but totally. anyway, yeah, that hot take of Aliens being a bad movie, just like, god damn. It's too, too dude bro, man. Uh, maybe if I was like 17, I would have. <laughs> yeah, actually. I think I did watch it when I was younger, and I forgot about it. It wasn't until I saw that brolic-ass Spanish chick that I was like, oh, I did see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll probably also just remember a lot of those faces, like Bill, um, not Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton. Um was also in like Terminator and shit, and uh, uh, you're thinking, the, guy, the guy who I, I think you're no, thinking the, of Michael Bain. No, they're both in Terminator. Oh, are they? Bill, yeah, Bill Paxton plays like the first guy the Terminator kills when he comes in. Oh, okay. He, one of those punks that has like the spiky hair. Okay. Um, but yes, Michael Bain also plays uh, fucking uh, Kyle Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this this whole franchise like goes down a rabbit hole. Like I've been reading like theories and like scripts that were like thrown out in the trash, and it's all very interesting. And I kind of wish that they would create movies based on the scripts that were trashed. Um, and uh, I'm really into the lore, and and I feel like uh, I feel I feel like um, sorry, I lost my thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had it in my head for like two seconds, and then it just went somewhere. Um, I uh, I feel I feel like I feel like these movies will bring you down a rabbit hole. So you really only need to watch the first one. And I love how the first one had the horror suspense aesthetic, and this game captures that very well. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the other tones of the other movies were were not good, except Prometheus and um, and Alien Covenant. I see. See, I think that one of the reasons the second one I like just as much, if not maybe a tiny bit more, was because of how they took a lot of the expectations from the first one and flipped them on their head with the change in tone and genre. 
Um, yeah. And it's also completely, it's James Cameron. Yeah. Who, James Cameron has some awesome hits. He has a lot of stinkers, but <laughs> same with Ridley Scott. Um, and I, and I, but, and I will add like saying like it, Ridley Scott has a very distinct uh, style. Yeah. And that, yeah. that that shines through in the, in in the first movie and later in Prometheus and, and Covenant. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but bringing it back to uh, video games. Yeah, I wanna to... I wanna give the final question. We gotta wrap this, this up. This is a good this is a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Final question. It's been six years. Uh, it, it'll actually it's actually almost exactly six years. It, we're recording this on October first. The game came out October seventh, twenty fourteen. Almost exactly six years since this game came out. Um, do, do we think we'll ever see a sequel to it? Like an official sequel? No. I don't think so. No. Yeah. So we'll they would have never... done it. They would have done it by now. Uh, I feel like they actually might not even have the rights anymore, because when you when you make deals like that, usually it only they only last for a few years. Well, I don't if you know, don't make Sega, a game. like Sega made or uh, published um, Blackout, not like only what two years ago, I think. Oh, oh, I thought that was like immediately after or something. No, I, I, I think that I was only really two, that I think that was only two years ago, and then we also had. <laughs> We also had Colonial Marines uh, in 2012. That was before Alien Isolation, obviously. But like, I think they've also made uh, an arcade game or two using the license. Okay. Okay. Um, so I don't. I. I guess what the what a yeah. Because a, a lot of times, a lot of times, it's it, a lot of times these companies just make the games because they want to hold on to the license. It's it's the same in movies. A lot of times they'll make a shitty movie and they know it's shitty just because they want to keep the license. Well, what it also boils down <laughs> to is, yeah, it's, it, it's been a while since Sega has done something with the license. And we also had the deal of, what was it, two years ago at this point, three years ago at this point, where Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Disney now yeah. owns the Alien franchise. Yes. So, They'll probably vault and yeah, vault that's another conversation. Like, what's, what is what is now the status of this of this deal with Sega? Does it still exist? Is it still in any standing? And right. Even, even if Sega doesn't have it anymore, like they could still easily give it to another publisher or publish it themselves, give it to another developer. I, 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 maybe, maybe the question is, not um do we have, do we see a sequel to this game happening but do we see uh closure funny coming full circle do we see closure <laughs> coming to amanda ripley's story i would love a, a canon version of closure for her yeah um not what we have which is a comic w- book and a mobile game yeah see here's here's my problem is like as much as i i do like the game and you know, no need to reiterate everything we already talked about. Um, if if we were gonna get canon um, Amanda Ripley stuff, I would almost prefer it to be a movie. Um, okay. Yeah, I would imagine and, that. And when you ask, do I want a sequel to this game? I almost don't because I don't want it to fall into the same trappings that you know we criticized this game for, which was you know taking a lot from the movies. That it's it's a nostalgia is a double. Um, a double-edged sword like yeah there's there's the feeling of repetitiveness and um while you're at the same time loving how much 
you feel like you're in that world that you love so much. Um, I, I just, I don't know if, unless they were to completely change what kind of game it is, like the sequel Aliens did to the original movie. Yeah. Um, unless they were to actually come out with a good version of Colonial Marines. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, like, what they would do for a sequel that would be really different at all. Even, like, going as far as, like, the aesthetics. And then, yeah, what would her motivation be? Because, like, Ellen Ripley's motivation to, like, go back into space was her trauma. Like, would Amanda had just have the same exact trauma? Or Yeah, I mean, I know. guess the point, yeah, the point would be to, like, get rescued and then what would, yeah, what would be her end goal? I guess maybe to stop Wayland yutani from continuing this endeavor. And, like, we know how that ends, obviously. Right. They still exist and they still try to get it. Um, but I, I feel like there could be an interesting story to be told with her going forward, but with everything else, it's, it's not in the nature of these movies. What makes them great is that they're just blue collar people struggling against these foes that they'll never be able to kill. Like whether it's the alien or whether it's fucking corporations that always survive and carry on one way or another. It's it's really just stories about these blue collar engineers and flight officers just fucking surviving, mm-hmm. and that's what I think makes these characters so relatable to a lot of people in such a crazy sci fi setting. So honestly, I don't I don't think you really need the sequel just because you don't necessarily even need to c- continue the story. She got her closure. That's what she was looking for. Yeah, yeah. That's the- that's true. What if she becomes an alien queen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the future of Amanda Ripley is is seemingly indefinitely ambiguous. But what's not indefinitely ambiguous are our Twitter handles. You can find- <laughs> wow! Wait, wait, wait! What? He has oh, to give a Kwasniewski oh, score. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, damn it! You fucked up my segue. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, another, so, another segment we do on every episode now is the is the Quas Nikki rating. We've Jason. always done it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is only my score. I speak only for myself. It's not the official the official score of the show, but I give this Alien Isolation seven Jonesies out of ten. Seven Aww, Jonesies. Okay. Jonesy. All right. With that being said, Delilah, what, what are you up to? You got anything to plug? I did a full playthrough of this on my YouTube channel, which is why it took me so long to beat it, guys. Sorry. I was also playing Among Us. Um, I do. uh, (laughs) You got to jump. You got to get on that Among Us train, man. Yeah. Everybody's playing it. I still haven't played it. I only like it because it reminds me of a game I used to play around a campfire called Mafia. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, uh, I did a full playthrough there on my YouTube channel. And every Halloween, I do a Halloween series where I only play horror games once a week called Same. Kitties of the Corn. And I actually brought Alien Isolation into that series. And it, it was like it made its debut on YouTube. But that was typically on like Twitch and wherever. Because I stream everywhere now, Twitch, Facebook and YouTube, which I might stop eventually. But anyway, um, so like you, you could join me Sundays at 930 to do my next horror game, which will probably be Amnesia or maybe um, uh, maybe uh, the game we're going to play next, which you'll see. Yeah. Jason, you got anything to plug? You no. doing anything? No, you're not interesting. Um, I guess the, <laughs> the one I don't thing. I do shit. 
the one thing I guess I'll plug, um, I I also every every October I make a list ahead of time of horror games I want to get through, and I try to plow through as many as I possibly can. Um, this year I'm actually making it a little more public. I posted my list in my Twitter at Nibblehymian. Um, and as I complete games, I will be just sharing like a tweet's worth of thoughts on it, maybe with some screenshots if I have them on hand. Some of the cool. games that I'm going to play are... Um, I have a couple PS2 games on there, a couple PS1 games on there, uh, a 3DS game on there, so it's, I'm not really going to be posting screenshots for those. But, like, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm giving my thoughts as I go. Um, cool. I just posted up today the list and um some my my thoughts on this game uh as well as mentioning that we're doing an episode for it nice so uh if you if you want to check that out go follow me on twitter at nibblehymian uh you can follow delilah on twitter at assassina underscore san you can follow jason on twitter at solid quas but don't follow him he's got nothing of value to share <laughs> I literally don't share anything, so don't even. Um, if you like the show, if you if you enjoyed listening to this, uh, to to this to this episode to this podcast, uh, please consider. Uh, if you if you if you watched it on YouTube, please consider liking the episode, subscribing to the channel, sharing the episode, uh, share it with your friends, your family, your kids, your dog, um. Whoever you want, who, whoever you think would be interested, uh, you know, somebody that's like, oh, I, it, you played this game. Eh, maybe you'd like this. Then, then please send, send it along. We, 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 we want to grow. We want to we want to spread. Or even someone want... into the Alien series yeah. that doesn't like video yeah. games. That's true. Because we talked about the movies a hell of a lot. On yeah. Yeah. yeah, we sure did. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider rating and reviewing. We've gotten a few people doing that, and I'm yeah, really, leave, really leave proud of wherever you. Wherever you are, if, if comments are available, we love feedback, and we love talking with our audience. Yeah, leave a comment on the YouTube on the YouTube episode. If you if you like the show on Apple Podcasts, please, yeah, like, I'm so happy some of you have been leaving really positive words, and it, it, it fills my heart with so much, so much love. Um, so, oh, Mark, so, Mark's about to cry. I so can see it. So keep doing that. No. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, thank you so much uh, to anyone that's done that. And please, um, if you haven't done that, please consider it. Five stars preferred, obviously. But like any feedback you can give, positive, negative, constructive, what have you, just like provide it. We want to. We want to be better. We want to be something that that you enjoy. So, uh, so so keep it coming. Yeah. Um, Jason. Yeah. Horror month is not over. It's only the beginning of October. Yeah, guess what? So what folks? are we what are we bringing? October is double stuffed. <laughs> like my favorite Oreo. This is actually art, my favorite Oreos. It's like my favorite no, Reese's piece, the double stuffed Reese's, man. Oh. Extra extra thick. Yo, that's <laughs> that's some good shit. I love yeah, exactly. peanut butter. Um But what are we playing so, next? <laughs> so we got another game and it is Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna Actually, be. I don't think I don't think he says seven in the title of the game. They, I don't they stopped doing that eventually. Like, I, I I don't know if they ever actually said the number. I feel like Resident Evil Four. He said the number. Yeah, in Resident Evil. I I know for a fact in Resident Evil Four he says the number in one of the versions. 
Yeah, but yeah, I have I have like seven versions of that game. <laughs> I don't think I don't even think you get the Resident Evil in in seven. I I think it's the the menu is just like that tape that tape recorder, um thing. But anyway, yeah, we're playing Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. Um, it's currently available on uh, Game Pass. It it actually just came on Game Pass. So if you if you're a Game Pass subscriber, easy way for you to play it there. What are you buying? I'll also <laughs> add that we'll probably also talk about some, not all, but some of the DLC. I know the free one, Not a Hero, is actually uh, adds to the story uh, post game a little bit. Uh, there's two other DLCs that are kind of important to the story, but um, those ones actually cost money. So if you can't get around to those or you don't you don't want to play them like i can i can understand that we'll talk to them a little bit but like definitely play not a hero um the free one because that that kind of gives a little more context behind a big thing that we're gonna have to talk about uh with that game Mm. um so yeah join i hope you join us uh at the end of the month slash beginning of november whenever i can get that episode up uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.